that's going, and here comes the music. They said it couldn't be done. They said it wouldn't last. White man, black man, America F1. America F1, coming to you straight from San Francisco, California. Sherman Tillman, Michael Lawler. America F1. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of America F1 from rainy San Francisco. We have a seismic weather going on here. It's been raining for the last couple days, but we got a lot of news in Formula One from this last week. I mean, a lot. And of course, one big one. So let's let's unpack it. But before we get into that, you know, Mike's in um, Thailand on vacation. And so we got our uh, special guest, PJ, uh, in for the day. Say hello, everybody, PJ. Yo, what's going on, everybody? And... I just want to remind everybody, let's get away, let's get into our our business that we have to do. Um, You know, we're an underground channel, we're not mainstream, which means we're not controlled by the corporate overlords. You know, they're not telling us what to say and what to do. And we, we really can dive in to Formula One, the news, and to all the fans out there. So, we want you to know that first off. So, we... We really rely on you liking, commenting, and subscribing to our channel um, because we do it for the fans, and there's no other reason why we do it. So, PJ, the biggest news of the year, the biggest news of even last season is Lewis Hamilton moving to Ferrari. Uh, We talked about it a little bit on when it broke. We had a flash show talking about the move. But now that it's happened, now that we've had a couple days to reflect and more news is coming out, what's your first reaction when you heard the news? Well, I'm not a Lewis fan like you are. I still like Lewis, but I'm a Carlos Sainz fan first. So it was... For me, disappointing because I wanted to see Carlos continue with Ferrari. So, but I think now going to Audi is his best his best option. Um, you know, I think Carlos is going to have a lot of offers now because because as they say, when one big domino falls, a lot of other dominoes fall. You know, all the other small dominoes are going to start to fall. So I think he's going to have a lot of offers. It's not just going to be him going to the Audi project. You know, he could go to Mercedes. He could go to Aston Martin if Fernando Alonso moves. We can talk about all those moves later on in the show. But let's get right into the quotes of what one Sir Lewis Hamilton have to say about moving to Ferrari. This is Lewis Hamilton, or so Lewis Hamilton, and I'm getting this red microphone so I can feel like I'm actually like on the location with Sir Lewis Hamilton. It's been a crazy few days, which have been filled with a whole range of emotions. But as you all know, after an incredible 11 years at Mercedes AMG Petronas Formula One team, it'll be 12 years this year, which will be the longest of any Formula One driver with one team Eclipsing him, he was tied with Schumacher 
for 11 years, but this will be his 12th year. The time has come for me to start a new chapter in my life, and I'll be joining the Scuderia Ferrari in 2025. I feel incredibly fortunate after achieving things with Mercedes that I could have only dreamed about as a kid, and now I have the chance to fulfill another childhood dream, driving in Ferrari Red. Mercedes has been a huge part of my life since I was 13 years old, so this decision has been the hardest I've ever had to make. I'm incredibly proud of all we've achieved together, and I'm very grateful for the hard work and dedication of everyone I've worked with over the years, and of course, Toto, for his friendship and guidance and leadership. Together, we have won titles, broken records, and become the most successful driver team partnership in F1 history. And of course, I cannot forget Nikki, who was a huge supporter and who I will miss every day, even today. I must also share my huge appreciation for the whole Mercedes-Benz board and everyone at the company in Germany and around the world for supporting me for these 26 years. But the time is right to make the change and take a new on a new challenge. I still remember the feeling of taking a leap of faith into the unknown when I first joined Mercedes in 2013. Now I know some people don't or didn't understand it at the time, but I was right to make the move. And then the feeling I have again, I'm feeling it now. I'm excited to see what I can bring to this new opportunity and what we can do together. Now, PJ, do you have a quote from uh, Total Wolf's quote reaction to Lewis Hamilton's quote? No, but I have Carlos Sainz's quote. Okay, let's hear what Carlos had to say. Right. All right. So Carlos said, this is the day after everything was announced. He said, following today's news, Scuderia, Ferrari, and myself will part ways at the end of 2024. We still have a long season ahead of us. And like always, I will give my absolute best for the team and and for the Tifosi around the world. News about my future will be announced in due course. That's from Carlos Sainz. And Nigel Manson speaks about Lewis Hamilton's move to Ferrari. He said, people are saying that Lewis is now too old at 39. No, I won my championship at 39. And I could have gone on. But Lewis, if he's motivated, he's got several, if not a lot more years left. I think it's just fantastic. Now, remember, everybody, that Fernando's 41 going on 42. I think he's 42 now. And he's still fast. He's still quick and he's still motivated. I think for Lewis, he's probably gone on and finished his career with Ferrari. It's like a dream come true for him. I would imagine because going to Ferrari is everything. Now, one Gehad Berger on Lewis Hamilton and the Ferrari deal. I have to congratulate Ferrari. Hiring Hamilton seems to me to be the best possible decision. Sometimes an energetic change is necessary within a working group. I am convinced that with Lewis's new skills, new engineers, a new way of making decisions will come to fruition. We're talking about the most important and consistent character in modern F1 in terms of results, but also in fan following. Lewis is a reference for a huge community, which also includes people who are not only interested in motorsports, This puts him in a different position to other drivers. If we combine all this with the Ferrari brand, it also means generating real power in financial terms. 
What do you think of those quotes, BJ? Well, I feel like Lewis probably could go as long, if not longer, than Fernando in terms of, like, you know, having pace up until his 40s. Because, like, Fernando is, yeah, like I said, 42, and he's still, like, just as fast as he ever ever was. I feel like Lewis has that motivation, like Fernando, to keep going well into his 40s. Yeah, I agree. And I, I th- even Michael Jackson agrees. Yeah. Well, that's not Michael Jackson. What, what, what happened to Michael Jackson agreeing with you? Yeah, yeah. There you go, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, Total Wolf, he had a video response to all this, which we'll put up right here. We'll put up right here so you can all see what Toto's video response was. But in a nutshell... He says that they were planning on they have a they have coffee at his house, and he had heard the rumors a couple days before, but he didn't call Lewis because he wanted to you know have the coffee and confirm it. You know when they're both sitting together, and it basically came down to well, Lewis is moving on, and of course he's you know backing him for doing so. He was a little shocked, but his frustration came in in the timing. And the reason why he's saying the frustration came in in the timing is because Leclerc had just signed the week before, and so did Norris. So that left Toto without being able to go after two of the younger, more promising drivers on the grid. And so I think and this is just hypothesis, and I want to ask what you think, PJ. But I think Lewis knew he was going to Ferrari ahead of time. Because remember last year, at the summer break, here on America F1, we told you that he had been offered $40 million to go to Ferrari by Fred Vassell. He had offered him $40 million to go. And we said on this show that he should go because why not? It's the perfect end to a trilogy. You have a beginning and a middle and an end. It's a storybook ending. Everybody, everybody wants to go to Ferrari. Why? Because it's the red car. Because it's iconic. Because it is. When you think of Formula One, you think of Ferrari. So he knew ahead of time in his mind that he was going to go to Ferrari. And then on the contract, PJ... When Mercedes offered him a one-in-one contract with no ambassadorship, which he wanted. And Ferrari offered him everything he wanted and more. What are your thoughts, PJ? Well, there's also a report that Lewis is getting paid $100 million That's correct. for Ferrari. 80, so million, Lewis- 80 million in salary and $20 million in performance uh Bonuses. Mm-hmm. So not only is he getting a crap ton of money from Ferrari, he's also getting um, his diversity and inclusion projects. Ferrari's actually going to honor those. So like he's, he's getting everything he wanted from Mercedes and more money. And he's getting so, that ambassadorship. No so when he retires, he's going to be an ambassador uh, for Ferrari. They're going to help him have his own brand like a la Michael Jordan where Michael Jordan is making more money from away from basketball with Nike than he did 
when he was playing. And I, that's why I think this whole thing is short-sighted by Mercedes. And the reason why I say that is, look at Michael Jordan. He's making more money for Nike than when he was playing. When Michael Jordan has a shoe, people are lined up around the block to get the new issued of the shoe. When Lewis Hamilton said he was going to Ferrari, even though they had a stock announcement that day that um, that they had, you know, they're announcing their earnings. That was only about four to five percent from all reports. The other five to six percent came from Lewis alone. So on that day, it's been reported. I I say doing the numbers because I, I I can do math. Unlike a lot of these pundits out there. It brought in $4 billion. Some people are saying it brought in as high as 11 I say it's 4 but let's say it's 5 Okay, let's just say it's 5 And let's say that their earnings announcement brought in 3 And just Lewis brought in 2 Well, $2 billion in one day. Well, that $1 billion paid for the whole Lewis contract and probably paid for the whole ambassadorship in one day. What do you think, PJ? Yeah, Lewis not only is, you know, the most, probably, you know, the most recognizable Formula One driver of all the time. He's also, like, his, yeah, he's yeah. a brand. and Like he, he like you said, he's, he's bigger than Formula One because he has these other things, other projects he's worked on, like fashion and music. So he he's a brand. And because, you know, he joined Ferrari, investors immediately, like, saw that as a positive, And then their stock price just skyrocketed. You think it went up on Friday? Wait till Lewis is announced with Charles Leclerc in red with the red car behind him with a new livery. People's minds are going to explode. They're going to explode. And it's going to... You just don't know how people... People! Listen. Listen. You don't know the power of Lewis Hamilton. You just saw it. His dog, Roscoe, now has a million followers. It's more than a lot of Formula One drivers have. His dog. Did you know that, PJ? Roscoe has a million followers? <laughs> Roscoe got a million followers. No, that's, that's crazy. His dog has a million followers. But they're trying to say... That Lewis Hamilton's not bigger than Formula One. Here's my conspiracy before we move on and talk more about this contract and talk more about Lewis going to Ferrari. Here's my conspiracy theory. Remember the day before? This was Friday when the announcement was made. On Thursday, on the internet, Formula One, specifically the FIA, was getting killed. Why? Because they had turned down Andretti. Not only did they turn down Andretti, but they had the gall to insult the Andretti brand. Do you know how big Andretti is in motorsports, PJ? Yes, they're a very successful team and organization. You know, they have tons of success in IndyCar and other racing series. So they they definitely would bring. They kept. They said that they wouldn't bring competition to the grid, but they don't know what they're talking about. They would definitely be competitive. They can't say anything when Haas is still on the grid and they just, you know, wander around in last place like half the time. 
And Alpha. Alpha's doing horrible. I mean, what? 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 And they had Manor in there. They had they had they had Katram in there. Give me a break. How are you going to turn down? Not only are you turning down Andretti, but you're turning down Cadillac, which means you're turning down General Motors, the biggest car company in the world. So you're not. So you're telling me that they're not. Right now, as we speak, building a factory in Indianapolis, you're telling me that that Andretti is not going to bring something to Formula One? You know, and I'm going to share with our audience a little insider knowledge here. It really came down to who was providing the engine. And they also said that they thought that Andretti would get more cachet from joining Formula One than vice versa. So it's the engine provider. And if Cadillac or GM can provide an engine for Andretti and to other members of the grid, it has to do with the OEM. It has to do with the engine. It has to do with that. And if it's only if Cadillac is only providing an engine for Andretti, then that's what they're not interested in. They want Cadillac or GM to be able to provide an engine, just like back in the old days with Ford, to have multiple teams use that engine. So there's a little bit more to it. Go ahead, PJ. That's absolute bullshit because Honda is doing a works engine deal with Aston Martin to only give them their motors, nobody else. You see how they spin everything, right? I mean, yeah. they don't it know what it really comes down to. It really comes down to Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari don't want to share a piece of the Formula One pie. That's what, I mean, I mean, but they're bringing in Audi, you know, but another conspiracy, and I'll just, I know I shouldn't go on with this. I really think Mercedes is going to go back to, you know, they're going to go back to a midfield team. I really do. I really think they're going to go back to midfield. It seems like the board of directors, the way that they're headed the, from all the little things that they say, they don't want to be in Formula One anymore. And I could see Andretti buying the Mercedes team. That way they can get into Formula One. What do you think about that one? I think that Andretti's going to buy Haas because Gene Haas is already like barely interested in this team anymore. He's like, doesn't want to invest his own money. He's just fired, like, you know, the most mostly charismatic and funny team principal on the grid, even though he wasn't very good. He still provided, actually, like, money to, like, drive to survive and their entertainment value. So he, he's, like, barely wants that team anymore. I think he's just said sell it to Andretti, and, and Andretti can actually bring that team up and not just be last on the grid all the time. I would love that because I don't think I, I agree with you 100%. I don't think Haas spends enough money. Um, they they're treating it more. I mean, it is a business. We all know that you have to make money, but I don't think they're infusing enough money into the team and getting to the cap. We know they're, they're probably well under the cap. The cap's 140 million. I think it's going to go up a little bit this year. But if you're only spending 80, 85 million when Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari and Aston Martin are spending all 140, then you're at a deficit. We all know millions of dollars make a difference. That's another 
part that's more wings that's more tires that's more rear wings that's more floors that's that's more everything better personnel better engineers and speaking of engineers one of the other reasons why one sir lewis hamilton went to ferrari is ferrari's first order of business when fred vasseur was taken over and in his plan he took Louis Serra, who was the development vehicle development engineer for Mercedes, he took that him, and he took him to Ferrari. Now, this same Louis Serra was also the engineer that Hamilton worked really close with, and had the same ideas and concepts for the 2023 car, and they were lockstep and barrel with Lewis Hamilton together about getting rid of the side pods, about moving the cockpit up more where Lewis is more comfortable, and about other some other designs. And they told Lewis no. And so since Lewis, Sarah, and Lewis Hamilton were on the same page, and now he's at Ferrari, some people are saying, well, that's another reason why he's going to Ferrari. Did you hear about that one, PJ? I did not, but I well, I did hear a little bit about how Fred has been hiring engineers from all over the place, including Mercedes. But I also heard that uh, Bono or Bono will join Lewis at Ferrari. It's a rumor going around. When Schumacher left to go to Ferrari, engineers came out the woodwork to go to Ferrari to work with them. When Lewis left McLaren, people left McLaren to go work with Lewis. When big names leave, people, engineers and other people in the garages, they leave because they have a relationship with that driver. And they also know that leaving with that driver, one, they'll get a raise. Two, they'll probably be more high profile because as Lewis goes, as goes Formula One, as goes the Internet. The internet exploded on Friday. I mean, people who were leaving Formula One now are jazzed about Formula One again. People who are upset with Max winning every race and Red Bull winning every race are now talking about Formula One. Everyone's talking about Formula One. Even in soccer, uh, English football, they were talking about it's the transfer season and Friday was the last day of transfer for uh English football. And one of the big proponents for English football, he even talked about transfer and he made a joke of it. And everybody was like, well, who are they getting? And he said, well, Lewis Hamilton already went to Ferrari. So so even in the sport of soccer, they're talking about Lewis Hamilton. That's crazy. Yeah. Um it's really storming over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super rainy outside right now. Like just crazy wind. But yeah, like I remember I remember the night the night before like it was official, there was this like endless posts about like, oh my god, Sky Sports posted it early and like it's all confirmed. I was like, nah, I can't be real. I I didn't want to believe it for like until Ferrari posted it themselves or Mercedes posted it themselves because I, you know, I'm a Carlos Sainz fan. So, like, for me, it was hard to swallow at first. But, like, as long as Carlos gets a seat elsewhere, I'm fine. But also, I'm happy for Lewis because 
this is like the Schumacher type move you want to do. And I think that him going there will actually improve the team because Ferrari's biggest issue is that their personnel doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. And then Lewis's <laughs> people know. Kill him. Kill him. Go get him, PJ. Yeah, and then Lewis's people, they're very professional and know what they're doing. So they could really improve that team from the inside. That's 100%. The reason why, and let's, let's dive into, I mean, the Ferrari personnel, a lot of times they hire from within. You know, there's a lot of, um, which is great. You know, Ferrari is Italian, so they hire a lot of Italians, which is, I hate my wife's Italian. I love Italians, okay? Okay? But let's take the best. And that's what I like what Fred Vasseur is doing. Let's take the best engineers, no matter where they're from, no matter what language they speak, no matter who they are. We are here to win. And if we're here to win, we got to go out and get the best. So I like this change. I like, I'm starting to like Fred. I already liked him before because he's been around F1 for a very long time. I, I, I like his leadership style. He just seems like a very fun guy to be around. And him and Lewis have known each other for quite some time. If Bono goes and we can get and if we can get some new <laughs> some new guys on the pit wall and some new guys in the pit for Ferrari, you know, because we all know some of their strategy decisions are just I mean, you just it's your mind scratching. PJ, you remember when they told Carlos Sainz in uh, the Vegas race, they told him, hey, you sh- you sh- the car's overheating. You're going to have to park the car. You're going to have to park the car. And Carlos was like, I'm not parking the car. The car's, oh, it'll be fine as soon as I get in clean air. Or when they told him, why are you backing the field up? You need to speed up. You need to speed up. No, um, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing this so I can win the race so that. He ba- the number two backs up number three, who are on Mercedes, who are on fresh mediums, who have the capacity to pass me. I know what I'm doing. So when your driver's telling the st- and leading the strategy, which that's why another reason I love Carlos Sainz, and he is one of my favorite drivers, like like you, PJ. And I think he's really I I don't think he's underrated. I think people appreciate how good a driver he is, but I think he doesn't get his just desserts. He he doesn't. He he's like for me when he had that like amazing patch of three races like you know Zandvoort, Monza, Singapore because the setup was the setup on the car was was actually like focused towards him for those three races. We really got to see his true talent, his true pace. Like he has like top tier pace, but then combine that with like way better like intelligence and strategy than most drivers. He's very very dangerous driver if you actually get him the right car i think so um also some other reasons why let's add more reasons why lewis probably left well two times last year they didn't even show up for the podium for lewis remember earlier in the year um he was celebrating with ferrari and aston martin because supposedly i think this was a spanish grand prix supposedly somebody uh some fans had broken into some of the garages and were stealing. Like they had actually stole a bunch of F2 uh, memorabilia and stuff out of the garages. And so 
that's where the, that's what Louis, you know Mercedes' spin was. Well, everybody was out back at the garage trying to keep everything safe. But everybody who's been in the paddock knows, and if you've been to the pit, you know it's just a pull down, man. One person can pull down the chain for the garage. And you might need a couple other people to get, you know, some of the stuff that they have on the outside of the garage. But you don't need the entire team. Total Wolf is not down there moving equipment. You know? So give me a break. So some you, the, the person who does marketing, the person who does the spokesperson, you know, walks around with Lewis and they stand by the PR person. They're not hankering down everything in the garage. So somebody could have been there. And two times, nobody was there for Lewis. And on on one occasion, he was like, well, where the F is everybody? Where's my team? And I could see he was bothered by that. Also, in Singapore, when George crashed, they were all talking about, oh, well, George could have won this race. And this race was about George. George this, George that. But they forgot that Lewis finished third. He was the one who actually finished on the podium. What are they doing talking about George so much? Talk about the guy who's winning. Talk about the guy who had the pace to win the race if George would have moved out of the damn way. Don't get me fired up on this stuff, PJ. I think that George is a big factor in Lewis leaving. I think that we saw that George and him had their moments this last season, like in uh, Qatar. They, you know, crashed into each other and just they just they, they crashed into each other multiple times this season. George likes to always say, "Oh, we're gonna are we gonna fight or we're we gonna actually like go for the team play." Like, right? He's just they're, they're starting to clash. They were starting to you know butt heads, and Lewis does not want a Rosberg situation again. So he's just like, "I'm out." I agree with that. Man, hey, you're on fire today, bro. I agree with that one too because he went through the Nico Eric Rosberg years. From childhood friends to bitter enemies. And probably now at this point they're just cordial. But they're not the best of friends anymore. And wait till that book comes out about all the things that happened behind the scenes back then. To go from friends to like saying, oh, he's not my friend. He didn't want to go through that anymore. And when they asked him who was his favorite teammate of all time. Out of all the teammates that Lewis has had, you know, he said Valtteri. Because he said, well, it was no games. And Lewis doesn't want, and George is probably playing games because he thinks with only one race win to his name, somehow he thinks he's a world champion. You're not, George. You're not. You've only won one race. Give me a break. You got lots to prove. And he's probably like, hey, man, really? These guys are listening to this guy? Really? These guys are uh, putting their their cart behind this horse after all I've done for them it's always about respect man people just don't realize how much respecting somebody go respecting a man you know you get out of that like sometimes people only need a thank you and a shown of respect you know especially athletes and you show that respect by obviously money but you show that respect by listening to their advice because he's the one driving the car. Exactly. But I also think that George like is very like overrated personally because like yes. he 
he like you know beat Lewis in 2022. Everyone's like, oh my god, look at how amazing he is. But Lewis had like a very tough year. He was also testing all the different setups that year, and that's why he finished behind. He finished behind even Carlos Sainz that year. But um, I feel like if they if Mercedes hires Sainz to go to Mercedes, that he's gonna Sainz will beat Russell, in my opinion. Sainz will beat Russell if they bring uh, Fernando to the car. Fernando's going to beat Russell. Uh, I heard a rumor that they might bring Vettel back. Um, they got to bring a big name. I, I think that the, either it's going to be Sainz, Albon, Fernando, or Ocon. That's that's my prediction. <sighs> I don't... Out of all the... Well, they have to make a big splash. So I, that's why I don't think it's going to be Ocon. He, he, that, there's no name cachet there. There's not a big splash. It's Mercedes brand. Um, you're going to lose one. You're going to lose a lot of fans. One, you're going to lose a lot of merchandise sales. One, when your tweets go out from George Russell, you, they're not getting nowhere near the traction that Lewis Hamilton's getting. So, well, I mean, no, nobody does. But at least if you brought back Vettel, if you did Alonzo or Carlos Sainz, at least you got some respectability. If you bring Ocon and even Albon, I, I like Albon, but even if you bring either one of those guys, it's not a big enough name. And you got to replace a big name with a, at least somewhat big name. If you go down the tiers, and I like Alex. Alex is, I, I, I like Alex, but he's never won a race yet. Um, and you, you just have to, I think you have to bring Vettel back or you have to go after Alonzo. Or you have to bring Carlos to to the team. I, I think Vettel would be a very big risk because even with his, like in his Aston Martin days, he was not who he was at like Ferrari or Red Bull, and he's been out of the sport now for two seasons. So he would just he'd be extremely rusty. Um, Albon is another big risk because we don't know what he's going to be like under pressure again. Because at Red Bull, he he crumbled under pressure like extremely hard, and then. He's had no pressure on him at Williams. He can just go there and just perform as best you know as best he can without pressure. And then Fernando is always a good option because he never he's always putting in a hundred percent. He's got pace. He's extremely talented. And then science, same thing. He's you know extremely intelligent and he's extremely talented. So that's my opinion on the different guy. Oh yeah, Alcon. Alcon's got pace, but he like you said, he has no. He's not marketable. You know, like he, he doesn't have the fan base that like the other drivers have. No, not at all. And he's, I just don't, I just, ugh. you know, I mean, I, I'm a Gasly fan. I like Gasly immensely more than Ocon. I just don't, I, and I, I got the chance to meet Esteban over in Japan. I just, I mean, you know, obviously he's a good driver. He won a, he won a race. So he's won a Formula One race, which not many people on the grid can say not many people who have been in Formula One can say there's a lot of people I mean look at Nico Hulkenberg he's never even been on the podium and I like him I love Nico I just wish he would have got an opportunity to be on a top team but you could go your whole career never win a Formula One race so he does have that going for him but he also has just flashes of just extreme stupidity on the <laughs> on the racetrack and I don't think you want that in your, I guess if he went, he'd be the second driver and George would obviously be the first driver. But 
I even questioned George leading a team all by himself and being the face of your franchise, so to speak. I I think I just I just don't I just think he's too Eric for me. That's just just me. Just I'm I'm just speaking for me. I'm not speaking for the fans or Mercedes or anybody. Not even for you. I would try to get Alonzo at all costs. I think you can only replace uh, a multiple champion with another multiple champion if you still want to be in Formula One and you still want to be relevant. If not, you have to go out Carl after Carl. What I think, here's a better thing. You know, in transfers like baseball, basketball, football, they do the trades and it's right now. It's boom, you're traded. So the next day, you're playing for that team. They've done that in other seasons where I think when, um, I think it was when Vettel was going to Aston Martin, they let him out of Ferrari like three or four races early, remember? And he went to Aston Martin and started racing to get used for the next season. I think they should tear up both contracts and they should swap. Lewis should come to Ferrari and Carlos should go to Mercedes and they should do it now before the season starts. They haven't even shown the cars yet. Ferrari hasn't unveiled their car with their livery. Mercedes hasn't unveiled their car with their livery. They should do it right now. Get them get it done. Take the band-aid off, pull it off. Let's go. What do you think about that? That them okay, Carlos staying at Ferrari this season and then Lewis staying at Mercedes this season also like provides a scenario where Ferrari looks like idiots. Cause like if Carlos beats Charles this year, they're gonna look like the biggest clowns on the grid. But they already are, so it doesn't make a difference. But um like they're gonna look like an like idiots. They you know, they gave Charles this monster contract extension. And they just totally, you know, sideline Carlos. But if he beats Charles this year, they're going to look like, oh, we signed the wrong driver. So therein lies another thing that that another reason why they should do the transfer now. Do you think they're going to be given all the updates to to Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton? Do you think all the things that because, you know, remember, the regulations change in 2026. So do you think they're going to be going over all the things that they would normally be doing on a day-to-day basis with Lewis Hamilton and Carlos Sainz? No. There's going to be certain parts of the garage or certain parts of the factory that they don't even want them to go into because they're working on 2026 stuff. Or they're working on things for 2025 that they're going to bring to the car. How's that dynamic going to work? Well, we've had that before with other with like other other drivers like... um like Daniel Ricardo at Red Bull and then obviously with McLaren. So it's just, they, it just gets like really awkward because the, the driver like wants to, you know, win races and then the team just doesn't want to share all their info because they're worried about them going to another team and then, you know, leaking all their concepts. And that is why I say, just rip the bandaid off. Let's get the changes done now. And, I'm hoping and praying that, because believe it or not, while right now we're kind of a small podcast, um, I say on average we get about two to three thousand hits um, as far as just the the voice part of the podcast, and 
the YouTube part of the podcast. Sometimes we get, you know, 15,000 plus the shorts and all that. So we probably add maybe 25,000 a week. So we're, we're growing there. But sometimes we have a show and we only have like 100, you know. But I think, and I, I know this, people are listening that matter. Because we've said things, PJ, we've said things on this show that I hear on other shows later. And we were the only ones thinking about it at that time. And then we've said certain things, or Mike has said a certain thing on this show and then I saw it on the Formula One news uh, tweet. So somebody's watching. That's important. Somebody's listening. And I think there's people out there that their only job is is to listen to all the Formula One podcasts and get, gain information and, and, and see things that maybe they're not seeing. I really do believe that because that's what I would do. If, like, if I'm uh, the San Francisco 49ers and I'm wearing my 49ers shirt, let's go, baby. Super Bowl. Um you listen to everybody because there might be that one idea out there that you hadn't thought of or brought to the table that now you delve into and you see if it works. I'm saying and PJ is saying America F1 is saying make the transfer happen now. Forget about making it in 2025. Rip the bandaid off. Get it done today. Now. Think about this, and I have to ask you this. Do you follow the team, or do you follow the driver? You, PJ, what do you do? It's I like Ferrari very much, but I'm, I follow Carlos Sainz. He's my favorite driver. Name me two other drivers you follow. Charles Leclerc, Fernando Alonso. Now, see... As a co-host, and PJ is going to be joining the show more and more often, and wait till we get our new, uh, our whole new outfit and room and uh, what's the, I'm missing the word our, our our new not office but our new studio. Once we get our new studio, then finally PJ will come into the studio because it'll be awesome, and he'll find out that you have to like everybody. I like everybody because. When you're doing a show, you got to like everybody. You can't really show any bias, right? You can't be like, oh, well, this guy. But there's guys I like, obviously, and guys I really don't like as much. And it has nothing to do with them personally because I don't know them. We're not hanging out drinking beers together. But it's from the things that I see that they say, from what I read that they say, and from the attitudes and body language when they're sitting or talking to other drivers or talking to their teammates. And then I decide if I like them or not. And my favorite, obviously, is Lewis Hamilton. But my second favorite is Charles Leclerc. And why do I like Charles? He's always smiling. He's always happy. He's about racing. He's has a family that races. His brother races, and I think he's going to be in F2 next year. And his dad, you know, so he comes from a family of racers, and he just seems like he's just having a good time. And that's what I like. I like a person who's in a sport who enjoys being there. He doesn't always see it as work. Who who has to who looks around and enjoys it because one day it'll all be gone, man, and it's gone. So you got to smell the roses. So I appreciate all the drivers 
and all the sportsmen of any sport who just look around and go, man, this is awesome. Like, look where I'm at. Like, I can't believe I made it. Like, I've done all this hard work and now I'm finally here. And I don't mind signing this autograph. I don't mind taking this picture because one day no one's going to ask me for that. One day I'll walk down the street and no one's going to even know who I am. Now, that might not happen to Lewis Hamilton. That might not happen to Charles Leclerc. But to a lot of these drivers, some of them could walk down the street, especially like in L.A., New York, San Francisco, London, what have you, and nobody would know who they are. That's true. But for, for I like every driver on the grid except for two drivers, and that's Lance Stroll and Oscar Piastri. <laughs> why don't you like I mean, I know everybody doesn't like Lance, but you tell me why don't you like Lance? Well, Lance Stroll, I don't really dislike him. Like, like, for, like his traits, sure, they've gotten worse over the years. But the main reason why I don't like him is that he's just he's taking up a seat that somebody else of more talent could easily take and be really ten times more successful than him. That's why I don't like Lance. And then Oscar, he's just extremely boring as a person. Like he does, like he's super just flat, and that's just he doesn't have a lot of personality. That's. That's the only reason why well, with I think, Oscar. I think Oscar may show some personality as the years go on. Because when you're a rookie, everything's new to you. You're just trying to get used to everything. I mean, even where things are in the garage. I've heard a lot of old-time uh, vintage Formula One racers talk about their first season. And, you know, they're just getting used to, you know, where the coffee is. They're get, just getting used to where they put their race suits. So I get that. So when you're a rookie, kind of just keep your mouth shut and learn. I get that. And then maybe he comes out of his shell as time goes on. Now, everybody's different, but I think that's kind of the norm for rookies. You don't usually hear from them too much. You don't normally hear about, you know, not, not every rookie is going to be Lewis Hamilton almost winning a championship by one point. You know, most of them are going to be mid-packers just trying to stay up with their teammate, you know? Right. The last couple rookies before Oscar were, you know, quite like, you know, horrible their first season, like Yuki and Logan, Mick, you know, and then Mazatin. Joe was like actually pretty good. He didn't really have any serious issues, but yeah, Oscar's been a very talented rookie compared yeah. to those guys. Yeah. So he might, he might come out of his shell a little bit, a little bit more, but he also, you know, it's it's got to be hard for him. I, mean, I think he had a great season, and it has to be hard for him going to go up against Lando, who the whole team is built around. I mean, the whole team's built around Lando. We all know that. And he's just getting what's left, you know. I mean, he's just – he's the number two driver, you know, and that's just how it is. And so maybe he'll come out of his shell more, you know. But we'll, that's – my two that I don't like, or I'm not going to say I don't like, but that kind of annoy me. I'm going to go with, obviously, Lance Stroll. And I, it's not because I don't think Lance could be a good driver or a better driver. It's his interviews. It's his mannerisms. He looks really annoyed when he has to answer questions. He looks really annoyed when he's on the, every you know, those few times he makes the podium. He doesn't look like he's happy, you know? And... I don't know if it's because he's reading his own press. I don't know if he. It's because he's you know everybody's 
he's daddy's rich kid, you know, it's daddy's team and everybody feels that that's the only reason he's on the grid. But he might need to take some PR classes. I mean, his dad's a billionaire. Take some PR classes, man. Smile more. Smile more. Be be happy you're there. Sign more autographs. Just just enjoy the moment, man. Because we all know that there's probably 10 other guys in F2 that deserve to be there. So enjoy the process and enjoy being there. Show show some appreciation, guy. That's why. So that's my one why I don't like him. And then I don't like as much George Russell because I just think he's smug and I think he's a guy who thinks he's won a championship and he's only won one race. I mean, you, you, you're not on equal footing with a seven-time world champion, George. I'm sorry. Okay? I'm sorry. Why don't you sit back and learn some things from this guy? Why don't you learn some things about how to do PR? Why don't you learn some things about being appreciative and, and telling uh, the garage that you appreciate him and all the people back at the factory and all the things that Lewis does every race? And half the other grid doesn't even do that. They don't acknowledge their garage. They don't acknowledge the people working hard back at the factory, sacrificing from being from their families. They don't acknowledge that stuff, especially Max. I mean, he's the worst when, when it comes to that. You know, I mean, he, if if anybody has a smug, arrogant attitude, it's that guy. I mean, that's some of the things that he could learn to be a, a better champion and to be a more loved champion. It's to, just, you know, be more personable, man. Yeah, Max, he, I, the one thing I do like about him is that he's very, uh, he, he, he's very old school in the sense that he only, like, he's just racing, racing, racing is all he cares about. Um, he's like not, for me, I don't dislike Max. He's like in the middle for me, but right now he's, he's just, it's, Max is boring because he just wins everything, but. George, I think he needs to get smoked by someone like in his team that isn't Lewis Hamilton to really like to show him like, hey, you need to like be more humble. Now, as we end this Lewis Hamilton part of our show, move on to the other news. And it's taken up. Obviously, it's going to take up um, most of the time. How many people on Friday got rid of their Mercedes shirts and started buying Ferrari merch or making up their own Ferrari Lewis Hamilton merch, PJ? I would say like the entirety of Team LH, you know, Team 44, they all just threw away the Mercedes merch and just started <laughs> ordering. Yes. <laughs> the, the one thing I love about Team LH, and yes, I'm a card-carrying member, uh, they all just rolled with it. They're like, oh, Lewis is going to Ferrari? Oh, I guess we're going to Ferrari too. Let's go. You know, still I rise. Let's go. They start making memes and they start making shirts yeah. and everything was great. Gonna start saying still I rise in Italian now, so we'll <laughs> <Yeah>. see that. <laughs> oh, all right. Other news. Let's talk we talked about Andretti for a second, but really I really think it's a slap in the face to one of the great names in motorsports. I can't imagine why we can't have another team on the grid that with the name of Andretti. Remember, we're talking about a world champion from Formula One. We're talking about a spokesman. 
we're talking about one of the greatest, if top, and he's in my top 10 of all time great F1 drivers. The guy could drive anything. He could drive a truck. He, he, he won IndyCar. He won everything. He could, he's one of the few drivers that any car you put him in, he was going to be competitive. And to say that a man with that drive and his son who won everything in IndyCar aren't going to be competitive with a name like Cadillac and General Motors backing them, to me it's unconscionable. Yeah, that's a slap in the face to to him and his whole team. Like they, it, it's it's just so obvious that they just don't want to share the money. It's just they're just they're pulling out all these different things to say, but we all know the truth. They just they don't want to share the prize spot. That's that's it. That's what it comes down to. And what they're not, they're being short sighted also. And the reason why I say that is they add more teams in baseball. They add more teams in basketball. They add more teams in football. Hell, they added a team in hockey and it ended up winning the damn Stanley Cup last year. Las Vegas, a place where there is no damn snow. It's only heat and rain. And they won Stanley Cup. So adding another team that's more merchandise, that's another fan base because Andretti has their own fan base coming from other motorsports. Adding to the grid to hopefully American drivers that would add because America's the biggest market. You're going to add more fans because you're trying to crack that market. I mean, you've already really cracked it because you got three races here, but it solidifies Formula One in the United States because now you have a team that's based in the United States. It's not like Haas, which is over where they in England, I think. I think they're not too far from. Um, the Aston Martin, I think they're down there. And uh, they're not in America, though. There's not a fact American factory for Haas for Formula One. So I just think that... And there's rumors that Andretti's going to sue because of the language that the FIA used that was very, I guess, libelous and insulting. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But... You expand the teams, you expand the fan base, which expands the money. And if it's all about money, I think they're going to pay the fees. So I don't really see what the problem is. Yeah, also, I've heard a rumor that like the other uh, constructors are like afraid of Cadillac because how successful they are in like WEC and like GT racing. Because like the Cadillac has really shown that they're like they're like a really serious racing team, and they they make they have such good you know engineering, and they make really good power units. So I, I do understand that other you know manufacturers would be scared of like a Cadillac powered car. Yeah, they do really well in the WEC, don't they? They do. Yeah, and they do well in GT racing too. I mean, Cadillac they they really can. I remember when they first kind of started in GT racing, I was like Cadillac. And, you know, before you knew it, they were second and third all the time. And before you knew it, they were winning races. And American ingenuity, I mean, they had Ford in uh, Formula One. So why can't you have Cadillac? I just, ugh. Other news. Haas. Did you see Haas's new livery? 
that was uh, yeah it, what do you think it looks very similar to last year it's pretty good <laughs> just like just like mclaren's right yeah, McLaren's like really. It struggled to even like find the difference between those two. Like they look, they look exactly the same. But um, Haas is is pretty good. I would say McLaren's and Haas, they're both like mid tier liveries for me. They're not bad. They're not great. They're they're pretty good. I'm gonna break out the red microphone on this one. To me, both teams should have had a contest and let the fans do the livery. And I bet you. Ten gazillion dollars, a fan would have came up with a better livery than that, than would Haas. I I can't, I could barely tell the difference between this livery of this year and last year. Just like in McLaren's, I can't really tell. The color scheme has changed a little bit, but I can't really tell the difference. It wasn't nothing dramatic where I was like, oh, that's classic. Like that's one of the best liveries of all time. And I think when you make a new car and you make a new color scheme, you should always be shooting for, I want this to be iconic. I want this to sell a lot of merchandise. I want this to be something that years from now, people will say, wow, that John Player special car was beautiful. That marble car was outstanding. No one's going to say that about these this McLaren or this uh, Haas, are they, PJ? No, they're not. But there's, there's another F1 YouTuber that I watch. Um, his name is Tomo F1. I'm not sure if you know who he is. But he does, like, every time that they come out with a new livery, he redesigns it himself. And nine times out of ten, it always looks better when he redesigns it and what they actually come out with. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I think the fans do. Anytime you see the fans do liveries and designs, they're always better than what the team comes up with. And I don't know why a team, listen to me, listen, listen, all you teams out there, maybe you've already designed your livery for this year, next year, you want more fan engagement, America F1's telling you what to do here. America F1's telling you how to get more fan engagement. It's very simple. You have a fan contest for your livery. More fans will engage because they'll all be voting on the livery. That's more likes. That's more responses. That's more comments. That's more people following your team. It's that simple. It's just that simple. Okay? And then you can put out, you know, uh, we want, you know, this name to be on this side. Or we want the name of this advertiser to be here. And then let the fans do the rest. Because, you know, we all know Oracle has to be the main sponsor for Red Bull since they've paid the most. And we all know Patronus has to be the main sponsor for Mercedes since they pay the most. And now Stake F1 has to be the most. So just make some caveats that you want the fans to do and then let them go ahead and design it. What do you think, PJ? Yeah, I think they should always, like, hold a... Like said, like a fan design contest would be really cool. Like everyone submits, like you know, lots of different fans submit their livery, and then the team picks the best, the best one. Or, or let the let the fans, let them all, let them vote, let them vote on what the best. You know, the team decides on what they think their top three or top ten are, and let the fans vote, and then maybe even give out prizes. You know. And a top 10 prize, you know, a sweatshirt, a t-shirt, a hat. Everybody who designs something gets a, a t-shirt. 
you know, the top 10 sweatshirt, you know, the top three would take you to a race and you get to be, meet the team and, and see your design and take a picture. You know, I mean, come on. It's this marketing stuff is not that hard. Hire me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you because obviously some of you guys really, really need the help. Moving on. Madrid, PJ, is that going to replace Catalonia? Spanish Grand Prix? I've heard, I've heard rumors that it is going to replace Catalonia. I heard rumors that it's going to be two Spanish Grand Prix. Wow. We don't, we don't know exactly what the plan is with Madrid. I would hope there'd be two Spanish Grand Prix because there's three races in the U.S. Could be maybe four. So why not at least do two in Spain? Because also there's two in Italy too. So why not? Yeah, why not? I, I mean, I spent how to out of most of the European races. I think the Spanish Grand Prix is probably the least amount of passing. It's uh, other than Monaco, of course. Uh, I, I, but Spain's an awesome place to go to. Uh, a street race in Barcelona, I think, would be awesome. Or Madrid, I'm sorry, would be awesome because the the great thing about street races, and I've been to you know street races and I've been to track races, is they're so easy to get to because they're usually right in the middle of the city. So you can get out of your hotel, have breakfast or lunch, and just walk you know under a mile, and then you're at the track. You don't have to take a bus. You don't have to take a train. You don't have to go on this, like when you go to Austin, you know, one road leads to the track and one road leaves out of the track, you know, and you're stuck in traffic for an hour just to get to the track or two hours just to get out. You can just walk there. So, but on the other hand, street tracks can be hit or miss. They can be super exciting like Singapore this year, or they could be super, super boring like Miami. Has been, you know, Miami's track's not that great. It's a party, but no one's saying, oh, that Miami race was awesome, like they're saying for Las Vegas. What do you think about that, PJ? Yeah, Vegas, I I knew that track was going to be amazing. Everyone was like, oh my God, it's going to suck. It's going to be terrible. But Vegas was the second best race of the year. That was a great track and great racing. So, street tracks, like you said, they really can be, they're, there's no in between with street tracks. Either they're really good or they're just terrible. That's that's just how it goes with street tracks. The other news that we have is that Chicago, the name Chicago F1, F1 Chicago, Formula One Chicago, Chicago Formula One, has been taken or garnered by Formula One, which leads many to believe that in the future there'll be a street race. In Chicago, Chicago, it's a hell of a town. What do you think? Street race in Chicago, four races in America? I hope that this doesn't happen because Chicago needs to clean up their own city before they host an F1 race. Like Chicago has a very high crime rate and, you know, that sort of thing. So, like, it would just look like, oh, they're just showing off with an F1 race when they actually have other bigger problems to take care of. You know, I agree. Chicago has been a gang-type, gang-laden, gang, 
fighting, gang-infested, drug-ridden town for quite a while. It's a, I mean, it, it's a great town. I've been to Chicago. It's, it's awesome. But the crime rate is kind of high. And when you have a Formula One race and you have people coming from all over the world to your town, you might want to have the crime rate a little lower than what it is in Chicago. But typically, when they have races, it's just like when they have the Super Bowl. It's pretty safe. You know, I mean, they have all the PD and all all the stops are out when they have uh, a Formula One race because nobody wants to say that somebody got shot, killed, stabbed, or maimed um, when they went to a Formula One race. It would just be a, a bad uh, stain on your city. So I'm hoping that if Chicago does come to the calendar, that they do clean it up a little bit or not a little bit, a lot. But unlike Vegas, that would and that would be one of the races that would be like in the back burner of races to go for me until I see what it was like first. Like I just took a leap of faith on Las Vegas, but Chicago, I'd probably wait. Well, Vegas turned out to be worth it because it was really good racing. Now, tomorrow, the steak livery will be unveiled. Are you holding your breath for that one? <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they do with this one because it, it's not going to be Alfa Romeo anymore. So no more red, white, no more red, white, and black. It's going to be green and black. So we'll see what that looks like. That's going to be something new and fresh on the grid because there's no, there's no green cars besides Aston Martin. So we'll see what that looks like. Yeah. Is it going to be British racing green? Is it going to be like some bright neon green? What it would be interesting, but the name I just I just I still can't get over the name, and I don't even know what steak yes. steak is. What is it? Steak is an online gambling site. So, uh, you know Drake, obviously Drake the rapper. He he's like now like a head sponsor of Steak F One and Steak the the site. So he's actually part of this team now, because he bets on every F One race using Steak online. Okay. Okay, and so now that, so they got they're gonna have Drake out there. Uh, oh, wait, this is Steak, the one that took like twenty percent um, investments from all the Hollywood uh, people. Yeah. So it's uh, it's Drake, and it's all all the like a bunch of Hollywood stars that are you know ponied up some money to uh, be part of F one and get their name. And go to a bunch no, of places. No, that, that was Alpine that, that Alpine did that whole thing with the celebrities. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Drake just just Drake is part of it because he was even he was even in the commercial for like announcing the announcing the name. He was like the narrator. Really? So he's like now, yeah, he's like part of that team now. So you'll see him in the paddock, probably at like Vegas and Miami and stuff, you know, with Steak. Oh, all right, all right. I just I still. Uh... <laughs> Could it could it, could it have been Alfa Romeo steak? That sounds kind of good. Alfa Romeo steak. Al- huh? Alfa Romeo has been bought out now. They're because Audi owns the team now, and Alfa Romeo's deal is expired. So they they couldn't do that. They, they could have just called it Sauber F1, like that's that's the real team name, right? Or they could have called <laughs> Sauber Steak F1. <laughs> Sauber Steak. 
or Steak Sauber. <laughs> yeah, but the, the 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 full name on the F1 team entry list, like it's not just Steak F1's like their shortened name. Their their full name is Steak. No, it's Steak F1. No, it's Steak Kick Sauber F1 team. That's, Wait. that's their full name. Kick what? Kick is another sponsor that they have. Oh, oh. Somebody out there at the FIA has to say, come on. Like, can you do better than that? It's just it's just like Visa Cash App Racing Bulls. You know, it's both both of them are just horrible names. It think about the, the, the sweat. See, I always when I think of a name. First thing I think about is how are we going to market this name? It has to be on a t-shirt. It has to be on a sweatshirt. It has to be on a hat. The color schemes have to be right. How are we going to sell that? And steak, what'd you say? Steak, kick, F1. Steak, uh-huh. It's steak, sal- no, steak, kick, sauber, F1 team. That's, that's the full name. So how's that going to look on a, a sweatshirt? It's just going to say steak. Not good, think, but it's, right? It's just going to be steak at one. It's just going to be steak at one. But but Visa Cash App is like that's the race the name they're actually using. So like that's going to have to appear on the on the merchandise, and that just is going to look absolutely horrible. Like it's going to be Visa Cash App, like you know RB. It's just like that's going to be just look horrendous on a sweatshirt or a shirt or a hat. And no one's going to want to have Visa be you know. All the young people are using, uh, you know, Venmo. Venmo. So no one's going to be wanting to have a, a visa, a credit card on the back. I mean, like you don't people need to think about these type of things and think about, well, it's not just advertising that we're getting for putting slapping a sticker on a car. We got to sell merchandise, too. And just think about how much merchandise Mer- Mercedes sells. Like when you go to a race. They have all these booths. Like, according to what race you go, some some races, the, each team will have their own booth. And then some races, they'll just be two big booths. Like, in Las Vegas, they're just big booths of every, like, it just, a Formula One booth. And then they have all the teams just in one that in that one booth. But when you went to, like, Monza, each team had their own booth. Or if you go to Suzuka, each team has their own booth. And then some teams, no one's at the booth. You know, I mean, nobody like Alfa Romeo had nobody there like Aston Martin. They had people there because of obviously Fernando, but like Williams barely had anything because their colors stunk last year. And, you know, everybody pretty much is at Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes. Pretty much everybody's there. And I'm thinking I always think of, well, how can we sell more merchandise? And if we have a name that's palatable to the masses we sell more merchandise and they're selling sweatsh last year at las vegas the ferrari sweatshirt the red and white one 260 dollars for a sweatshirt the hat 90 dollars and people were buying the hat like it was going out of style not so much the 260 sweatshirt more people went to you know like like the $160 one or $150. But just think about how much money they're charging for, for this merchandise. And you're going to have Visa Cash app on there? <laughs> <laughs> you can't give that away. 
If you gave me that sweatshirt, PJ, I wouldn't wear it. If you said, here, here you go. Visa Cash App. I'm like, no, man, I'm, I'm not wearing that. Now, steak I might wear. If it, if it just says steak F1 and like you had a steak like hitting Dracula or a, a steak of like meat or something, something kind of funny. I, I might do that. I might. That, that. But if it says steak kick sauber F1, uh, you lost me. You lost me. If, if they do like merchandise with Drake on it, it will sell because like, you know, Drake is huge. True. So that's, that's the thing to do. Steak needs to do some Drake, you know, merchandise. There it is right there. If they do steak, I, 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 yeah, because it's OVO uh, booth or whatever his store in L.A. does really well. And the merchandise does really well. So, yeah, if, if they did something with Drake or let Drake design it or his team design it. Eh, it might be palatable. But you know these F1 teams, they're not going to let no black dude from Canada design anything like that. It's so, so stuffy. I would, hope, I would hope they <laughs> He knows what he's doing with merchandise and in fashion and things. Like he, he, Drake has been able to stay relevant forever. Like I remember like 2011, he was like big and he's still big now. So like he's, they need to learn something from him in that, in that sense. I agree. I think if they did let Drake uh, design the sweatshirts and T-shirts, put some of his OVO stuff in there, it probably would do real well. But I bet you they won't because that's how these corporate goofballs are. Look at what the board of uh, Mercedes did to Lewis Hamilton. You know, they just they they lose track of uh, the pulse of the public. What yeah, other, another livery that oh, I'm ahead. waiting for is. It's Visa Cash App's livery because we have no idea what it's going to look like. None. And I'm going to say, without seeing it, it's probably going to be the one of the worst ones that come out. <laughs> yeah, because last year's um, Alpha Tower, in my opinion, was the worst livery on the grid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it didn't pop at all. It doesn't... Uh... Uh, yeah, I, I just I think Cash App though has potential to be good because I think like the color scheme is good. It's like it's like a you know like a light blue and and, and white and with some green in there. Like to me, that could work. But knowing how bad Alpha Tower's like livery designers are, they're probably going to make it look really unbalanced and just not very good. Now, the last news that we have, unless you have any other news, is. Earlier, maybe a couple weeks ago, Zach Brown was talking about how he didn't think that Red Bull should have two teams on the grid and how it's unfair to have two teams on the grid comparatively to everybody else who only have one. So he's basically saying, well, basically they got four drivers on the grid. And if they want to test low speed, uh, how the graining on the tires on low speed turns are, well, they can have AlphaTauri do that while they're worried about high speed and medium speed uh, turns. And they could divvy up the work and see how it works on one car um, in the testing. And they got four cars to test with. And then they got four cars to race with. Like if, if Max Verstappen is about to win a race and Yuki Tsunoda is in the way and we got two laps to go. Yuki's moving out of the way. I mean, the Red Sea is parting. 
I, I think you could actually disobey team orders in that situation. I think you would go for the win. If he had a chance to win, of course. But I'm saying... If he did, I, I feel like Yuki is a Honda driver first, you know, Red Bull driver second. He would just, he doesn't care about like Red Bull as much as he does about, you know, he cares about Honda more. Yeah, but what do you think about what Zach has to say about having that they should divest? Uh, Red Bull should have to sell AlphaTauri or Cash App, whatever the hell they're called now. I feel like it. It should they they could be allowed to make, to own the team. They just can't have like direct control in my opinion. Like they have to be a separate entity. Like they can't just say, like you said, they can't order their those drivers to do anything at all. They can't, and then they can't. They can only share a limited amount of car R and D with them. That's my opinion. You got any other news you want to share with the fans, uh, PJ? Um, I think I kind of want to talk about what do you think Carlos Sainz's best option of team to go to like, for 2025 yeah i think we uh we kind of glossed we didn't really delve into that i think i would love there's a couple scenarios the first scenario is i would love the transfer to happen now before 2025 so let's tear up the contracts carlos goes to mercedes lewis goes to ferrari right now like whatever lewis contract was for 2024 with mercedes ferrari honors that Whatever Carl Sainz's contract was with Ferrari 2024, Mercedes honors that. Switch to, switch to two and let's get on with it. That's, the, that's my first scenario. My second scenario is, is in 2025 that Carlos Sainz signs with Mercedes and carries on his career with Mercedes. That's the second scenario. The third scenario is... That Checo Perez retires after 2024. Carlos Sainz goes back and teams up with Max Verstappen, who he beat. Many people forget this. Who he beat when they were both AlphaTauri, which was something called something else back then. But he, he beat Max Verstappen head to head. And they team up together at Red Bull. Now, that's my third scenario. Well, two scenarios really is ending up at Mercedes. The other one is him going to Ferrari. And then he's already really has his fingerprints all over the Audi project. But we all know that Audi's not coming out of the gate winning podiums and competing for a championship. It just doesn't happen that way. It's always a process. And at this point in Carlos Sainz's career, does he want to go through that process? Even though he would be the number one driver. Does he want to go through that process when he can skip all that process and go straight to Mercedes or straight to Red Bull? Now, what do you think? Here, here's my, this is my opinion. So I think his worst option is to go to Red Bull because he has to, he's definitely not going to be number one driver. He's going to have to bow down to Max and be his number two. And yeah. I, Carlos needs, he needs the setup he needs like you know, the right setup to to be like to have that top tier pace. He's more adaptable than Checo and Daniel. Like he's able to you know stay close to Leclerc and even beat Leclerc on occasion with a setup that favors Leclerc. So he he doesn't like need the setup to be good, but he to order to have that top tier pace to win a championship, he needs the his favorite setup. And then Max is always going to have the say in what the cars are going to be like, so that's not going to work. 
then Mercedes could work. He'd have to he'd have to go there and then beat Russell in his first season, and then like Mercedes would probably you know make him the number one driver at Mercedes if he were to beat Russell right away. Um, and then Audi, he would have to. I think he would have to go to Stake F1 for 2025. Just you know, stay there for one season and probably just you know be at the back of the grid for one year and then. And then build Audi up, maybe like in 2028, build them up to be like a title contending team, which science to me, he has the intelligence to do that. And then his other option is what I really hope to happen the most would be to him finally, you know, replacing Lance Stroll at Aston, the Fernando science double Spanish lineup at Aston Martin to 2025 and onwards. Yeah, but I don't know how long. Fernando is going to drive for Aston Martin. I'm pretty sure he's really, if, if he's going to keep driving, he's looking for a place where he can get a win, where he can get some wins and he can, you know, compete for a championship. I don't know if Aston Martin can do that. I think they could because in the first half of the season, they definitely had the pace and they definitely had gotten everything right. They just kind of screwed up in the... Uh, technology war and the second half of the season when they changed the, the tires in Aus- Austria, they really fell off the cliff and then they came back on near the end of the season once they figured out what was wrong. I guess they had a software issue with their uh, telemetry and they had a software issue with with their machinery on you know, predicting what changes to the car would bring the most speed and so they had some issue with that. And then it didn't help that Pirelli changed the tire compound and, uh, and from, from Austria and Brian because that really hurt their car and really made the McLaren car come alive because you never see a car pick up a whole second of pace like McLaren did. You just don't see that in one season. And the tires had a lot to do with that. So I don't see 2027, 2028, Fernando still being with Aston Martin. I think he's going to look for greener pastures if it, it proves that you know they're not going to compete for a championship. And then Fernando by then would be like 44, 45. And I just can't see him staying on that long. But I could see Carlos Sainz going to Aston Martin and then being the face to Aston Martin. I, I could see that. Matter of fact. Yeah, what I would what I would want to happen is this is going to be like my, one of my dream lineups besides Fernando Science would be Yuki Science at Aston Martin because Honda's moving in there. I love that. Now I like I like that idea because you know I'm a I'm a Yuki fan, man. I am a Yuki fan. I know Mike hates hates me for it, but I like I like me some Yuki because I like a guy who just. Yeah, I mean, you listen to his. How can you not be a fan of Yuki when you listen to the guy on the microphone when you hear him in the car? He's just hilarious. <laughs> you know, one of the funny stories is is when he was learning English, he had learned English in, uh, I guess, a certain part of England, and in that part of England, you know, part of the 
vernacular, they cursed a lot. You know, the soccer fans, they were cursing a lot. So that's why you always hear Yuki like, fuck that, fuck this, I'm not doing that. You know, doing a lot of cursing because that's how he learned English. Like, the people that he learned English from, they cursed a lot. So he thought that's, well, that's how you, how you speak English. You curse a lot. So that's what he does. So I, I, I found that story hilarious. And then when you meet him, I, I met, he's, 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 he's tiny. I mean, he is tiny. If he is five feet, I mean, he looked like 4'11". He could be five feet, maybe 5'1". Maybe, I doubt it. He's probably five feet. No, you, he's, he's, he's 5'1". That's, yeah. his, that's his actual height. Yeah, 5'1 with like Prince's heels on. I mean, the guy is miniature. But I still think Yuki's fast overlap. I still think that when he, once he contains himself to learning that you can't win on the first lap and also sometimes just taking the points is okay. Like it, you don't have to keep moving up. Sometimes where you are is where you are. If you're in sixth and it's not worth that risk to get fifth, if it's going to take you out of the race, you like when you're a midfield team, all the points matter. Now, when you're competing for championships, yeah, well, let's take that risk. Let's 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 push that envelope. But when you're midfielder, hey man, every top ten finish counts. Every top ten finish is money to the pocket and the constructors and money to the team. So sometimes it's best to just take sixth place or seventh place instead of pushing that envelope to get one more spot up unless you can do it cleanly and sometimes he he'll he'll try to make passes in places where only Hamilton and Max can make passes and he's not at that level yet yeah Yuki he he just he's super like quick and yeah he's got really good pace he just really needs to contain his emotions and like he's done that very well like and he's improved a lot over the you know last couple seasons he still has that like fire that he needs to tame because he did that like in mexico he crashed into oscar when he was going to get a solid like seventh place yes he needs to just contain his emotions and then once he does that i could see him you know scoring podiums and possibly even winning races which i would love i I mean i i want yuki sonoda to to succeed, I've already won money off of Mike by because he thought Yuki would be gone by. He thought he'd be gone like he'd only he he thought in the twenty three season he'd be, he would have been gone already. And I told him I said, well, he has Honda's backing as long as Honda's in the sport, Yuki Sonoda's going to be in the sport. Period. End of story. And now that we're seeing, I thought he had an awesome twenty twenty three. And like you said, it, there was Mexico, and I think there was another race where he was actually sit. He was going to finish the best that he's ever finished, which which I think was sixth at the time. And I think he either crashed into Logan Sargent or Albon. And I was like, "What are you doing, man? Just take the sixth place and be happy." I think it was Albon. I was like, what are you doing, Yuki? Just just contain yourself, man. Take the points. But I, I think that a lot of drivers have that, that where they're always trying to get that next place. And when they finally learn, and even Charles Leclerc has this, when they finally learn that sometimes you just take the points, that's when they can compete for championships. Because when you're competing for a championship, every race matters at the end of the season. 
as one Lewis Hamilton can tell you, when he was in Baku and Max Verstappen was already out of the race, he was already second, and he burned those damn tires and went straight and ended up getting out of the race. All he had to do was finish in that top 10, and he would have finished like third or fourth because he would he, he, he had the pace to finish second. But he got no points. And if he would have just taken the points, AD 2021 20, would have never mattered. But we digress. It's been a great show. Uh, it's, this has been our second longest show that we've ever had. And I want to thank, what the hell is that? Your I guess someone's calling you. I, I want to thank PJ for coming on and providing a phenomenal Q&A, a phenomenal insight into Formula One. And it was just a great show, I think. I think, I, I think we had a fabulous show, and I, I hope and I pray that you out there enjoyed yourself just as much. Remember to like, comment, and tell your friends about our show. Remember, it's America F1, M-E-R-I-C-A. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google. Remember, Google is going away with podcasts, but we're still there until they go away. Pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, we're there. Also, we have a YouTube channel. We also have TikTok. Believe it, we're really, really big on TikTok. I mean, some of our uh, videos have like six, seven hundred thousand hits. So we're really big on TikTok. Uh, we thank you for listening to our show and giving us your time today on this rainy day in San Francisco. Say goodbye, everybody. PJ. All right, everybody. Be safe out there.